Why, hello, it is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to hang out with Jenna Rain over Zoom video. Jenna was born and raised in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and she talks about how she got into music. Jenna doesn't really come from a musical household. One of her uncles is a percussionist, and he played on a Grammy Award-winning record. But other than that, no real musicians in her family. She started taking piano lessons at a very early age, but in third grade, out of nowhere, she told her parents, I'm signing up for the talent show, and I'm doing Adele rolling in the deep. I'm playing the piano part, and I'm singing it. And I guess her parents were somewhat terrified for her, but she got up there, did it, did an amazing job. Her parents put her in vocal lessons, more piano lessons. She talked about auditioning for a girl group that did like a nationwide search. She went to LA, ended up landing the role in the girl group. Once the girl group kind of ran its course, around 14 years old, she started writing her own songs and pursuing a career as a solo artist. From there, she did two tours of Europe, a U.S. tour, put out a couple records, but it wasn't until quarantine that she really got the confidence to nail down her sound and write songs herself. She talks about having the confidence to, you know, finally use her voice and, and put together records and songs that she really, really wanted to do. During quarantine on TikTok, she started a 100 song challenge where she wanted to write 100 songs in one year. And in hopes that one of the songs would do something and uh, she would use that to kind of up her songwriting skills. Through doing this challenge, at song number 45, she wrote, See You Later. She said she wrote the song in 37 minutes because she has a voice memo of the entire process. And the song just went viral on TikTok, had over 200,000 views and reshares pretty much overnight. And that's when she really landed on this. This is the sound. Through that song, she was able to work with some big producers like Ryan Tedder and, and a couple other massive names in the music industry. She talked about putting out the song 2%, which was one that she started in a writing session, but it never really finished. She took it home, brought it to the 100 song challenge at song number 72, I believe it was. Her mom looked it up for us. Song 72, she puts out 2% and another one does super well. She's got more music coming out. Although it's been a little over a year, she's still carrying on with the 100 song challenge. She said she's at 81 now, so we'll see what the next 19 songs uh, have to offer for her. But obviously she's doing amazing, amazing things. And you can watch the video with myself and Jenna on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It would be awesome if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple Music, it would be amazing if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're Bringing It Backwards with Jenna Rain. Our podcast is about you and your journey in music, and we'll talk about uh, the new record as well, if that's cool. Oh, yeah. Exciting. Awesome. Sounds Sweet. great. Uh, I did see, were you born and raised in Texas? Is that what I read? Yes. Okay. Dallas. Whereabouts in Texas? Dallas? Yep. Dallas, Texas. Okay. Like a suburb of Dallas. I have family that lives in the outskirts. So I'm just curious. Yes. In a suburb. It's called like South Lake. Okay. How close is that to Plano? I'm just curious. <laughs> oh, like 
My one of my close friends lives in Plano. That's like fifty minutes. It's oh wow! Traffic. It could be an hour and a half. But yeah, Dallas Fort Worth is massive. It, it's hard to believe how big it is. It's ginormous. Um, it's ginormous. I don't think people realize that Texas is not always this little small town with farms. I think that's what everybody right. imagines when I tell them I'm from Texas. <laughs> yeah, because Houston's gigantic. I mean. Yeah. Tech Dallas forward's huge. Even Austin's huge. I mean, it's all yeah. big, right? Dallas I mean, is huge. Like downtown Dallas is ginormous. Definitely yeah. Like not small. Right. I mean, even getting from my aunt and uncle's house to downtown from Plano was like 50 minutes and it's all still considered within the same geographical yep. locations. Nuts. Yeah. It's wild. If I went that distance in LA, it would take like three hours. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's awesome. What was it like growing up there? It was so fun. Oh my gosh. I love Texas. I've always told my parents if I end up being successful enough to be able to afford two houses, I would love to be able to go back and forth from wherever I'm based. And Texas, I love Texas so much. It's definitely my hometown. And I'm not a hater of my hometown. You know, those people that are like, I need to get out as soon as I can. Oh, sure. Think, yeah. Me and my friends will all stay there for our whole lives if we could. So. so you'd move back to the same town you grew up in? Yeah, I love I love That's the awesome. town I grew up in. It's really safe and it's so fun and you know everybody around you. I mean, there's probably I don't know how many people live in the in our city, but it's really not that many, our specific okay. city. Sure. That's awesome. Yeah, a lot of people are like, I can't wait to get out of this town. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, grew up in San Diego, so I'm kind of like you where I was like, ah, I kind of like it here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I love it, Texas. My mom's from Ohio, so. Oh, uh -oh, what part? Yeah. Canton, Ohio. It's literally. No way. It's the, where the football hall of fame is. <laughs> yeah. That's what everybody says, but her story I've been was there. a bit different. I have family yeah. in Cleveland, so I know the, the struggle of Ohio. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> That's funny. But Cannes pretty cool. I went to that, that Hall of Fame before. It's amazing how big the Super Bowl rings are. They look all dainty on these guys' fingers, and you see them up close. It's like, yeah, they're you know, massive. Gigantic. It's like a necklace. They're like 10 uh, pounds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so tell me about your music career. How did you originally get into music? Well, I didn't really grow up in a musical family. Normally, that's everybody's story. That's definitely not mine. Okay. My uncle is kind of into music, but that's kind of as close as it gets. He's and kind of into, does he like listening to music? Or no, like, he was a per percussionist. Oh, okay. He won a Grammy. Yeah. He won a Grammy. Oh, so he's into music. He's, yeah, he's, he's way into music. it. Yeah. And wow. Yeah. He, um, he was kind of really into it, but that's like the only. And and he's like half my uncle because my dad and him are half siblings. So okay. I don't know if there's any connection in the family roots is what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. But I grew up an athlete. I played softball for eight years and wow. I tried to do music and softball for the longest time. Don't recommend trying to do two things in two completely different areas. Mm -hmm. It's not, not fun, but I just couldn't pick in between them. Uh, and... I grew up in the church, so I loved listening to worship music. I always wanted to be a worship leader. That was kind of my little girl dream or kind of what I always wanted to do. And I was always singing around the house. My sister was a senior in high school when I was four. And so I grew up listening to Taylor Swift 
love Taylor Swift. Like she was so, so high up there. <laughs> so do I. Oh, mom. And yeah, Taylor's amazing. I grew up listening to her in third grade. I told my mom I wanted to do a talent show and she literally asked me what my talent was. Oh, <laughs> you're like, I'm going to hit softballs. Yeah. She's like, what's, what's your talent? I'm going to, I'm going to sing Adele and play the piano. And she literally had a heart attack. I could just see her face drop so quickly. She's like, Oh, amazing. Okay. And I did it. And I think that was kind of a very eye-opening experience for everybody realizing that there was actually potential there. I started okay. getting vocal lessons. Uh, Wait, what, what, sorry, real quick. What year was that? You said fourth grade? Uh, third grade. Third, third grade. grade. Okay. Yeah. And did you, you must've had piano lessons at some point if you could get up yeah. there and play an Adele song, right? I, I, it was, it was really bad piano skills, but I had started piano in preschool. I went to a really like, I don't know. They had really cool classes at my preschool, but I was able to learn a couple chords and I continued to take like classical classes. I did not like taking like classical piano classes. It was awful, but um, I just didn't enjoy it genuinely mm -hmm. right. at all. But uh, that same teacher, I asked her to teach me Rolling in the Deep by Adele and she mm -hmm. did. And it was just like these chunky chords. It was like the only thing that I could play. So I had some like knowledge of the piano, but I wasn't this amazing piano player. <laughs> so well, to get up there and play, I mean, that takes a lot of courage oh, and yeah. to play your own. It wasn't like you're singing to the you know, yeah, karaoke was... version of it slightly me being delusional and being very confident i've always been very confident but looking back i'm like how did i have confidence in that in that mm -hmm. uh, my voice was pretty good but i literally stopped playing the piano at one point and just sing on the stool because i didn't know the rest of it and my teacher was like we don't have time to learn the rest so i was like okay fine she's like just <laughs> stop playing and start singing the rest of the chorus so i was like okay uh so my piano, going my piano acapella. yeah <laughs> i got better over time for sure okay. uh but at 10 years old i started getting vocal lessons mm -hmm. and within six months of going to this place called septian entertainment group uh linda septian has been my vocal coach since i was like 10 or 9 I don't remember how old I was but I also got choreography classes and my choreography coach told me that there was an audition to be in this girl group and I decided to do the audition I made the call back flew back to LA for the very first time at 10 and made oh, the wow. cut and I made the girl group and that's kind of how I got started in the industry and started coming to LA all the time so you went to LA to audition for the girl group. That's uh, it wasn't something that had started where in your town or anything. This is like a thing. No, it, oh, wow. like they did like a like worldwide audition for all these girls. Whoa! Uh, yeah, that's a, was, what a validating moment. I mean, yeah, I know it was really cool. Uh, <laughs> but meanwhile, I was like still playing softball. I was like, I just don't want to play softball. I just kept flying back for tournaments and stuff, which was fun. But I was doing both at the same time forever, and. When I started my solo career around 14, I realized I loved songwriting because the girl group, we did like one songwriting camp, mm -hmm. camp retreat or whatever those are called. And I genuinely loved it. I thought it was so fun. And so I started getting songwriting lessons at uh, the Septian Entertainment Group. Mm -hmm. And my guitar and piano coach, he was the same guy. He taught me how to songwrite for two months. 
And then I started writing on my own and co-writing in the studio. And that's kind of how I started writing as well. Wow. When you were in this girl group, I don't want to stay too long on this. I'm just curious. Were, were the songs presented to you guys? Like, here's these songs and yes. you're going to, okay. Yeah. So you really like have you any creative every, say in it? Yeah, no creative say at all. And we okay. would learn the song and go to the studio. It was like whoever sang the best would get those parts and stuff. So. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, it was. Well, we were like 11. So right, we're of be like, let's write about heartbreak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. and the, in this girl group, did you play live shows or was it mainly just recorded stuff? No, I learned how to dance through the girl group. We were learning oh. by like world-class choreographers, Nick DeMora and Will DeBeast. They're amazing. Nick DeMora mm -hmm. works with Justin. I think they've been working together for years, but. Yeah, the name sounds amazing. familiar to me. Yeah, he's an amazing choreographer. So I learned how to dance and perform by being in the girl group, which really gave me a step ahead in the moment that I'm now having. Like when I come out with more music, I will be touring more. And I've toured mm -hmm. on my own three times now, but wow. I really got a lot of advice and lessons from those choreographers. If I hadn't mm -hmm. had that experience, I definitely would not be as prepared to tour as I am now. Sure. Well, coming from softball team sport, was it fairly easy to kind of jump into this girl group with other people? You're, I mean, being able to collaborate within the group since you came from a team sport. Yeah, it was it was a lot easier. And I think I was one of the main ones that was used to working with a team. And mm. I knew it was a team effort. It wasn't us against each other. We all ended up being sisters like we literally did a summer trip this summer, even though we don't oh, work together cool. anymore. We're still so close and we all consider each other best friends still to this day. And we're all 18 now. So it's really fun being able to have those people and to, to send them my demos and stuff. And for them to give them, to give me uh, their honest opinion on mm -hmm. them. It's so comforting because I'll send my songs to other friends and I know that they don't really know music very well, but I can trust their opinions and trust mm -hmm what they have to say and they'll be brutally honest with me so it is very nice and mm -hmm. in a way we all still work as a team which is really cool and we all get to share these successes that we're having as individuals as well that's so cool that is so yeah. cool so when you started writing songs how did like what was the moment that you're like you know i really enjoyed doing this but now i'm gonna put out a, a record on as me you know like now yeah. you have a solo career was that difficult to do it was definitely a step that i hadn't done at all. I had no idea what I was doing, but I started co-writing around 14 with a bunch of other writers, which was amazing, but I was not courageous enough to voice my opinion, which mm. is kind of a huge deal when you're trying to be a singer-songwriter. And often I would kind of shrink in that room and not own the the room, like the songwriting room. I didn't know how to do that. And co-writing with people was amazing. But it was very hard for me to speak up on the production, to speak up on certain lyrics that I didn't necessarily love or relate to. And it did not hit me until quarantine where I learned my own sound and learned what I personally wanted to write about. And I was sat on my piano for hours at a time because I had nothing else better to do. And if it weren't for lockdown, I don't know if I would have been able to learn that about myself and it's mm -hmm. very hard to find oh my gosh somebody's so angry there's just a horn being honked like it's <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, all right i don't even hear it <laughs> okay good uh, yeah, yeah sorry <laughs> no no that's funny <laughs> um, I'm like, I'm, i really hope this is not 
No. Oh my gosh. They're like really mad. Uh, anyway, somebody's is very angry. Are you in LA right now? I am in LA oh, okay. right now. Is that, that explains obvious? It. <laughs> so annoying. Oh my gosh. Road rage. Anyway. Um, but until lockdown, I was not able to find my own sound, which is a huge mm-hmm. challenge for any artist, no matter how big or small they are. And after I wrote See You Later, it was kind of a song that came out really quickly. Like when I write on my own, I don't necessarily second guess any ideas because there isn't any other opinions in the room. I just kind of write and go with the flow. And See You Later came about within like 37 minutes. I have a full voice memo of when I wrote the song. And uh, after I posted it, it blew up. And I had been waiting for something to blow up because people knew me as a TikToker, not an artist, which made me so irritated. Nobody knew that I was a singer or a songwriter. And oh, you had a following on TikTok before the song blew up? Yeah. And was and that just through other things besides music? Like relatable girl content. Was okay. Was like, like humor and funny TikToks. Um, that was literally my whole entire TikTok. And when I posted a singing video, it would get like a couple thousand likes, which is so irritating. And <laughs> my, my songwriting coach at Septian when I was 14 and I only wrote with him for a couple weeks before I started co-writing with other people, he told me, you will not be a decent songwriter until you write a hundred songs by yourself. And so during lockdown, I was like, I'm going to make this a TikTok thing and say that I'm writing a hundred songs in a year and I'm gonna have everybody give me like songwriting requests and what they want me to write about and I'm just gonna post my favorite songs to TikTok and hopefully one of them will stick and that was see you later for sure and (laughs) that's a brilliant idea so how how many songs did you because TikTok essentially is such a uh, focus group right I mean a lot of people aren't going onto their following page and really clicking through the it's you're sitting on that for you page right and it's just like all this stuff that you might be interested in and those are the people that might not even be following you that could be giving you the like ideas or yeah liking it or making it go viral and how long did it take like how many songs were you in like were you 75 in when you hit the when you wrote see you later like where were you at as far as that went i was at song 45 45 Yeah, which is honestly a lot of time. I started it at the beginning of 2021 and I posted See You Later in July. So that was like, I don't know how many months that is, like six months into the Mm -hmm. year. Like I had been doing it for such a long time and one, a couple songs had like 10,000 likes or uh, one of them had 100,000 likes. It was about liking like, acting like you're dating Draco Malfoy. Don't ask me why that was the one that did well out of all the songs, but that was the one that had done well before See You Later. And I was like, well, that doesn't make sense if I release that song. And um, when I posted See You Later, Crowdsurf, um, I've been working with them for social media. They Mm -hmm. had Nathan Chapman's contact and they're like, Helen was like, this is going to be a stretch, but we're going to reach out to him. Cassie has his number. I was like, okay, okay. And so they sent it to him and he told me that he wanted to reply yes immediately, but he needed to wait just to, you know, like be cool. (laughs) Didn't want to look too eager. (laughs) Yeah. And I flew out like two weeks after he said that he would do it. And he had already done the track like before I'd even gotten there. Whoa. And I recorded it and it was basically done within a week or two. 
and he is a very quick worker. Props to Nathan, but it was a, a no-brainer to really see you later as the single after all the songs that I'd written pre-quarantine. So, mm-hmm. well, you have a couple records out prior, like an EP and some other yeah. songs out. And was that in those years where you felt like you couldn't really voice your opinion on what yeah. was happening? Okay, one hundred percent. But I toured with those songs. Like I went on tour three times in Europe, and wow. I I toured once in uh, America and ew, why did I just call it America? I should have said the US. That like <laughs> weirded out. Uh, but uh, when I toured in the UK, people genuinely loved the music that I had already out. And these are like my OG fans. Like my, o- like they're like my best friends. Like I did a meetup for four hours at an ice cream shop with them. And we, I just wow talked with them for like four hours and it was so fun. It was in like London. That's and so cool. I love People, them so much. I love that. I love yeah. that you do that. That's so rad. Yeah, they're awesome. And I, a bunch of people have been like, well, you should probably like take down those songs because they don't represent who you are as an artist now. And I'm like, that's true, but I can't leave them hanging because when I perform these songs in London, everybody knows the words. Like everybody genuinely loves these songs that I had when I released songs at 14, 15. And Mm -hmm. I'm not going to take that away from them because that's like genuinely a part of who they are and the songs that they love. And I would hate if an artist did that to me. So if anything, I'm going to wait till I have more music out down the line. Mm -hmm. Uh, But those, those songs are a big part of me, but they were definitely a huge part and me not knowing how to voice my opinion and just trying to figure out my sound and literally not knowing who I was as an artist. But <laughs> well, I think <laughs> anyone struggles with that. I mean, to try to yeah. just be yourself. I mean, especially I come from the radio world. And I remember when I first started doing the radio, like you would I would try to like, you know, mimic what other people that I liked were doing. And then you, I would just get the vice like, you know, you're the best do you because no one else is going to be you better than you are yourself kind of it's just like that generic advice and i'm like what does that even mean and then you finally yeah. like clicks one day and you're like oh this yeah. is what i'm sh- this is what i should be doing 100 anytime somebody asks me how what what advice would you give to a different like singer songwriter that's my like, last question <laughs> yeah oh really that's so funny and, you can answer it now <laughs> okay oh, i can save it but if you <laughs> um oh i'll go ahead since i'm already there but They always ask me that. And I always say, I know it sounds so cliche, but you have to be yourself and not try to copy other artists because you're the only one that has your own ideas. Like nobody else has the same brain as you. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's so easy to fall in a cycle of wanting to like, you know, duplicate an artist that you love and love their music. And you can do that to a certain extent, but you have to have some originality and that's what I always try to, you know, tell people to do because when I was telling them like, oh, let's do a song like this of an artist that I really loved, that that goes absolutely nowhere. Like you have to come up with something original, which sounds absolutely impossible. But if you just get creative and have confidence in yourself, it's so easy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's what I would say. 
to yeah, confidence is such a hard thing to come by. I mean, the fact that you were in third grade and were confident enough to get up on the stage and play Adele, like, I mean, let's be real, that's pretty clear. <laughs> Don't ask me how I had that confidence. I have no idea. I but, think my dad is just a whole different breed of a human. He was like, confidence is key. I was like, okay, dad. So, yeah, I didn't have that pounded in my head. I wish I did. I'm still like uh, timid around people. I could, when you were talking about being in a, in a writing room and not being able to avoid your opinion i was just thinking to myself like if i was a songwriter that would be me like <laughs> here's the idea and then somebody would be like oh yeah it'd be rad if you did this and then this i'd be like uh-huh yeah that yeah, that does sound good but <laughs> like uh, that's cool that it like so quarantine really lets you open up like that you were able to what because you didn't have enough any voices in a room with you is that yeah exactly what you felt? and there was no pressure like none of these songs had to come out when i was writing with those writers the songs that we were writing we're totally coming out no matter if I liked them or not. Mm -hmm. um, and that was kind of nerve wracking for me because it had to be perfect. And I was 14 in right. 13 for some of the writing sessions. And I knew that these people were a lot more experienced than me. I was like, I'm not about to say something that they're just going to be like, Oh yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Because you know, I'm the artist and I said it, but I right. knew that I didn't have a lot of experience in the writing room yet. I had no idea what I was doing. And so when I was in lockdown, there was no pressure at all. I posted TikToks every single day, like two to three TikToks at the time. And like none of them had to blow up. And I wasn't scared of a video not blowing up. I think a lot of people, when a, a video doesn't do well, they'll delete it. And I've done mm -hmm. that a couple of times because I'm like, okay, that was such an awful video. Why did I do that? But if it's something that I worked really hard on, like a song, I would never delete that. And I just started writing and never second guessed myself. And I'm such a huge perfectionist, which is insane. The fact that I'll just be like, okay, that's good. Like when I wrote, see you later, I, I didn't have that much time. And I was just thinking like, let me just write a song. And I just kept going with the flow and I just let the lyrics and my brain take me where it wanted to go. And I never second guessed any of the lyrics. Like every single lyric that I wrote was the first lyric that I thought of. Wow. Wild. That and, is. Yeah. And I'm, when I tell you I'm a perfectionist, dude, I mean, if I film a video of me singing the songs on TikTok, when you see a, a an original song that I post, that at least took me an hour minimum. Mm -hmm. And I, I like tops three hours. That's how wild I get with it. But, but obviously that's, I mean, that's why it does well, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, how many million, billions of people are on TikTok, like, you know, doing something and it takes them 30 seconds to like, psh, and yeah. like it probably just lands in like one like or two yeah. views or whatever. And well, it's, I think well, there's maybe, something about putting time into it. Yeah, the time, it, it's true. I agree. But see you later. I was actually rushed when oh. I filmed that video and I was going to a Rangers baseball game. And I was like, oh, I, I have like 20 minutes to do this. And I did it like four times in the last take I posted. And I was like, okay, like, sure. And I posted and it started blowing up. And I'm like, you're kidding me. Like, I look back at that video and I cringe so hard because the <laughs> notes aren't perfect. But I think that just like proves the point that you don't have to necessarily be like pitch perfect 24 seven. Like, it's just sure. the, the reality of a singer. You can't sound perfect 24 seven. All the time.
Yeah. It took me 20 minutes and I didn't drive myself nuts about it until after the fact and people started liking the video and they had millions of views and I was panicking. So well, did it, was it quick? Like when you got to the Rangers games, you look down, it's like, uh Oh, like I got to turn my phone off cause it's going to explode. Uh, no, not at all. It had in an hour, it had 4,000 likes. And I was like, dad, my video has 4,000 likes. That's a lot. It was like, it's blowing up. It's blowing up. And then in four hours, it had 30,000 likes after the game was like, dad has 30,000 likes. (laughs) And then the next morning it had like over 200,000 likes. And that's when I was like, it blew up overnight. So I wasn't Mm -hmm. awake when that was happening, but I was on my phone like every second of the day, just reloading it to watch the likes go up because I would do the same thing. Yeah, (laughs) It's like, uh, it's like the lot or like a slot machine. You're like, Whoa, Oh, there it goes. It's going up again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well you have another song also called 2%. Is that, that's a new one as well, right? Yes, it is. It's a part of the 100 songs thing. Okay. Uh, And what number did that fall on? If you don't know, it's all right. I think in the 60s. 45 is the one that I remember, though. 60s? Yeah, 45. See you later. Um, okay. Or it might be the 70s. My mom's going to check for us. Uh, oh, but- she, you have a ta- you have like an Excel sheet or something of all of them? No, she's going to TikTok. Oh, she's going to go count them on TikTok. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. I put on the video what number Oh, it is. okay. There you go. That, yeah, that was yeah, smart. Yeah. So, That's smart. Yeah, we're not crazy. Um, <laughs> she's but, like, give me 15 minutes to count all of them back. <laughs> yeah, no. I would never make her do that. But yeah, 2%. I was writing in a room with Casey Smith and I was just throwing out there like Jenna, they always ask me what's in your little diary of song mm-hmm. titles. And one of them was 2%. And we kind of like pushed past that. And it reminded me of that idea that I had. And I was like, okay, since we didn't write that song, I'm going to write it as soon as I get home. Cause I think it's a really cool concept. And it's about the statistic of how only 2% of high school sweethearts get married. And I'm currently dating my high school sweetheart. And I feel like all the songs coming out are like all about heartbreak. And I even write songs about heartbreak for my like close friends and for all my like friends on TikTok and fans like that are going through that stuff. I write songs for them Mm -hmm. and there's no like happy love songs. And so I was like, I need to write about this because it's such a cool concept. So I sat down and Ryan Tedder, who's my executive producer, he's so amazing. I oh, love that him. is cool. Yeah. Um, he, what a legend he is. Oh, he's such a legend. I love him. <laughs> he's such a cool guy too. Such a family guy. I, I love that. I love that. He's just like so normal, but he told me like, why don't you write your choruses first? And I was like, I don't know. And he was like, just try, just try to write your chorus first next time. So when I got home, I wrote 2% and I wrote the chorus first. And then the next day I wrote the verse and then the pre-choruses. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I posted it the day after and I, I thought it was good. And I was like, maybe something will come out of this. And then people started making videos to my original audio and it has like 15,000 videos to it right now, which is insane wow. for TikTok. It might sound like a little number, like if you're thinking of like, no. But it's <laughs> like, a trend. Like all of the like, like kind of TikTok popular high school sweethearts were all posting to the song, which was so cool. That and is it's really cool. So excited that I was able to put a song out there that nobody had done yet, and it was like a different concept that I don't normally write about, which was very exciting. And even people 
that were like, oh yeah, well, I'm the 98% still love the song. So. <laughs> yeah, they're just <laughs> bummed out that they're, they didn't make the 2% cut. They're like, yeah. oh man. <laughs> yeah. and, and like, God forbid, but if I become part of the 98%, I'll probably still love 2% just as much because it's <laughs> such a fun, happy, like song. So I'm very happy that everybody liked the song. That is awesome. And on the, on the hundred song challenge, did you finish it? Where are you at? What number are you on? I'm at song 82 and we're 82. a lot over a year. I started it in January, 2021, okay. 2022. And we're you're not a lot over it's still, still February, but to be fair, like for a month, actually two and a half months, I was filming like for, cause I'm also an actress. So I was on set. 24 seven oh. for two and a half months of 2021. Okay. And every single week I was supposed to write two songs. And when I was on set for those like um, weeks, I wrote maybe like three songs total because I was so busy, like memorizing lines mm -hmm. and meeting the cast and being on set like always. And that kind of took a bit of time away. And of course, see you later did really well. So I think I got out of it what I wanted anyway, but I'm still keeping the 100 songs till I get to 100. And I am, I am definitely anticipating song 100 because I feel like it has to be really good. So I'm thinking maybe I'll just like skip <laughs> and the 99. <laughs> <laughs> or if yeah. you write, if you write the 100 hit that you're like, this is going to be 100 and then just hold it. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> And just be like, yeah, this one. And then act like a song that I've already had written forever ago is was song 100. Like the next song that does really well would be like, that was song 100. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that is amazing. And uh, are you going to use if, you know, the hundred songs are you going to put, is that what's going to become an, a project? Hope Is that the idea? I don't think so. I think okay. we're picking the ones that people loved a lot. There's another song that I recently recorded um, that I posted on TikTok. I'm not going to say which one, but it was one that uh, a lot of my friends could relate to specifically. And I wrote it for one of them almost. And everybody loved it. And it's insane. Like the ratio of views and likes, like, you know, when it's like really close is really mm -hmm. good. And there yeah. were a lot of shares to that song. And I recorded that song. I don't know if it'll make the project because obviously I'm hoping to do an album, which mm -hmm. will probably come towards the end of this year, or the beginning of next, but a lot of music will lead up to that. And this song feels very special, but I've just been picking my favorite songs from the 100 songs. Mm -hmm. I never imagined that I would make an album out of all those songs. I mean, I could, but if, it, if they all blew up as much as See You Later did, of course I would, but that's not <laughs> the case. Uh, but it, it was just kind of a goal for myself to become a better songwriter and feel more confident in what I have to say in a writing room. Yeah, I love that. Well, I, you're doing amazing things, obviously. Congratulations on the success of that song. It's so cool that it kind of came the way it did. Yeah. Um, you should release the 37 minutes of you writing it. I think that would be cool. <laughs> that would be cool. I didn't think about that. It's very hectic if you listen to it. It's uh, people funny would to love listen that. to the song coming about, like to hear before I knew what the song was is really cool. Yeah, put it out. I'm just telling that could that could fit like I don't know how many TikToks that could make. Like uh, you know, 37 yeah. at least. Do you <laughs> so know that? Do you know that uh, TikTok sound of Taylor Swift writing with her producer and they're riding getaway car and they they figure out the bridge in like 20 seconds. They write the bridge. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, it's a viral sound on TikTok, and everybody reenacts it because they thought it was so cool. Uh-huh. And it's so funny. Uh, everybody's like me acting like I'm Taylor Swift riding getaway car, and they have like the whole entire thing memorized of what she says. <laughs> yeah, that you could do great. something like that. That's yeah. awesome. That is a great idea. Did did mom ever figure out what number two percent was? I'm just uh, curious. Seventy one. Seventy one. So forty five yeah. and seventy one. Yeah, there we go. I, I haven't gotten very far. <laughs> <laughs> since two percent i'm on 82 but That's i've been writing still good yeah That's I've been really good all my ideas with other writers like with ryan and with casey and a bunch of other people that i've been writing with i've been feeding them my ideas that i've been wanting to write about because i know i'll be excited to write them but then when i get home i'm like oh shoot i used all of my ideas in the studio i can't think <laughs> of anything Okay, so those are separate worlds. You don't take the world that you win the writing room there to the TikTok 100 song challenge. I I definitely want the 100 songs to be strictly the songs that I wrote by myself. Love that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Jenna. You are awesome. I really, really appreciate you taking time Uh, to hang out with me today. This has been so much fun. Thank you, Adam. No, this is very, very fun. And I loved our little chat. It's been it's been very exciting to do things like this again. 